happy Tuesday, all things Montessori community. I hope everybody is enjoying their beautiful equinox. It's the autumn equinox today. I don't know if any of you guys have given an equinox lesson this week, but you know I did. Oh man, well this episode's super fun. So I took the time this week to just do an episode. It's a solo episode just with me. Um, and I go through my virtual teaching experience so far. I'm thinking this will be a series, so I'll do a check-in like every month or so about how it's going. But you know, I talk about my process, my schedule, what lessons have worked, what subjects I've done. I really wanted to share what I'm going through because I, I hope that it's helpful. And also I would love some feedback from some of you who are doing virtual teaching. And if you have any tips or tricks or anything like that, um, as I always say, we're stronger in numbers, right? So yeah, that's what this whole episode's about. Super fun. If you haven't checked out our Instagram in a while, go ahead and head on over there. I'm going to post some of the follow-up work ideas that we've been doing in the class. Also, if you want to become a patron and of all things Montessori, you can join us on Patreon. I can link it at the bottom of this episode. Also, if you've been enjoying all things Montessori and you know a Montessorian or two or just a parent or just a person or just literally anybody who you think would like this podcast, please share it with them. That's the way that we grow and we've been growing and it's been fabulous to see, but I want our community to continue to grow so we can continue to help each other. So anyway, enjoy this episode. Rachel. This is sort of a different kind of episode today, but I wanted to take some time to talk about my virtual teaching. And I wanted to talk about how it's going, offer some advice of things that have worked for me and talk through just, you know, my process and what's been going on. Because I know a lot of you are either homeschooling, supporting from home, doing virtual teaching, doing distance teaching. It's all so new and also bizarre. We are in the weirdest space right now. Um, And so I wanted to just talk about it. So first, I will just have to say virtual teaching is so hard. It's so hard and it seems impossible and yet it's not. It's so hard in all the different ways that in-person teaching is hard, um, but it's also very similar. Like the teaching exhaustion feels kind of the same, except maybe this time it's more about screen exhaustion. Um, the thinking on your feet feels the same. The problem solving, the, even the energy that I'm getting from the children reminds me of being in the classroom. I was a little worried about that. I was a little worried about, you know, like, oh, like it's going to be awkward or it's not going to be as fun. And while it's not as ideal as being in the classroom altogether, we still have had moments of just ridiculous laughter, so much fun playing games, and really exciting moments where children have figured out things for themselves. Um, the other day, I had a student who we were doing a, um, an area lesson, um, and she derived the formula. Even the way I was doing it, I wasn't even doing it with the yellow area material. I was using graph paper, but she sort of just had this aha moment of, oh, you just do this times this, length times width. I was like, oh my gosh. And so magical things like that are still happening. And I'm I'm just delighted. Um, so I want to first talk about what's working and what's really working for me. This is sort of how I've strategized and put together 
put together my days. Um, and so I'm doing a mix of group lessons and a mix of individual one-on-one time. Now, ideally I'd want more group lessons, but I think because everyone is at home and it's not as easy to do group lessons, I found that just more individual check-ins actually was helpful. Um, and so I do about three group lessons a week unless something happens and I want more. Um, I always encourage the children to work together and then I do some individual lessons as well. Um, I see the kids every day. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, I have mentioned to them that if they're feeling tired, their eyes tired, like we can always just turn the video off or just talk on the phone or whatever. But all of them are always really excited to see you and see each other. So I feel that it's still that they they're getting that social aspect, um, at least in that regard, which is which is so great. Um, so definitely recommend that. Um, and just before I actually started teaching, I started doing some digging and actually um, there's some great resources out there. I just started compiling ideas for follow-up work um, because since we're not there in the classroom, the beginning of the school year, you kind of have to do follow-up work with them. So ideally you'd want them to come up with it on their own, but you sort of have to be like, okay, well then now we're going to do this together. We're going to make a poster together about whatever you're learning about, you know, or we're going to make a booklet about this, the parts of a leaf or something like that. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, um, in that regard, but then they can work by themselves at their house, which is what you ideally want. And that's what the parents want because, you know, it's really hard and and not every parent, most parents are not a fully trained Montessori teacher or a teacher by any means, you know, so we want the children to be independently working. So I, I found that that's been good. I've also found that the children are really vibing off each other's energy. Um, and so that's why group lessons are great right now because they can all come up with ideas. And then I've even had some um, some of the kids work together without me. Like, oh, okay, I'll see you at 2.30 for our... I had these two children today doing geometric design together at 2.30. I, just, I was like, that's so cool, you know, and they came up with that. So I found that that's really, really great. So I would say that's what's working there. Um, in terms of material for the kids, I had the parents get lots of paper materials because we've been doing a lot of art, a lot of follow-up work using paper. Um, and I've had them use, we got rulers, protractors, compasses, graph paper, all of that, because funnily enough, geometry is really, really easy to do virtually. And I find that the kids are really interested in it. Um, and so that's been fantastic. Um, Another thing that you want to have on hand is just all certain types of office supplies. And I actually had the parents make sure they had a scanner. And so the kids each have a Google Drive folder where they can scan in their work. And they can also keep paper copies themselves. And then I can keep paper copies if, you know, if they wanted to turn in a report or something like that. Um, and, I, and I found that, that that also really works. Now I will say some, some of the parents had... Um, had goals for their kids. And I met with all of them up front and that was really great. You know, meeting with the parents, seeing what they want out of this has been really helpful as I've, as I've crafted this. And thankfully they're all extremely supportive with the Montessori method and all of this. So it's been pretty organic in that way. So now I want to talk about what lessons have really, really worked for me. So like I was saying, geometry has just been a total hit. Like, oh my God, you know, we've been doing perimeter using graph paper and then area, and then they can measure things in their home and they can bring things to the lesson to measure. It's been fantastic. And it's been really great. And what I've been using to craft my lessons is Google Slides. Um, 
I'm not really making a very detailed PowerPoint. It sort of serves as talking points and it's, it's great. It's been working really, really well. In terms of science, I've been doing quite a lot of biology. You know, when I've been doing botany with the kids um, and I've encouraged them to go outside and gather things and bring them back to the lesson, like as I would do in the classroom. And I've talked to the parents beforehand and make sure that they're okay with it. And I found that it's been really great because they get to go outside, they come right back. Like I did leaf rubbings today with one of my students. And then we talked about the function of the leaf, the parts of the leaf. And then we did this beautiful art lesson where we drew a tree and then put each of the different leaves on the tree. And it was great, you know, and, and I think anything where they can be touching something, even though, you know, you're through the screen, what I didn't want, I didn't want everything that they did to be on the screen, right? I wanted them to be manipulating things and touching things because that's such a part of the Montessori experience. And I was really worried about that when I first got into this virtual teaching zone. I was like, oh, like, I don't know if it's going to work. It's going to be weird. But actually, you know, I just kind of tried it and it worked. And I tried it from the get-go kind of with something basic, like, I want you to bring three different shaped things to the lesson and then we were going to measure them. And the kids just kind of took off with it and they liked it. So then I've just sort of made that a, a theme throughout everything else. So in terms of biology and geography, that's been great. I've done a lot of things with animals. I've introduced like animal sketching, the animal question game. I've been doing botany, as I said. I just did a lesson on solstices and equinoxes. Um, today's the equinox, woohoo, um, which was great. And Jamie and I have talked a lot about this um, YouTube channel called Crash Course. It's great. And what I did, I sent the kids the video before, and then we actually watched it in our, they're like nine minutes long. I shared my video and my audio, and then we watched it, um, which was which was fantastic. And then I, I put a whole lesson together, and it kind of served as an intro, and then we discussed it and talked about it, which was great. I'm actually doing The River tomorrow, which um, I'm actually going to see my students next month, and we'll get to go on a hike where there will be a river. So I'll do a follow-up there. But I want them to learn the parts of the river and I put together a presentation and and then I want them to, you know, look up a river or encourage them to go see a river, you know, you know, things like that, you know, providing stepping stones for them to do more with it, you know, um, just like you do in the classroom. In terms of math, that's actually where I've actually had the hardest time, mostly because the Montessori math materials are a work of art and it's really hard to do it without them. The students I have are a bit older. I do have a younger one. And we've just been using household things for counting. Um, we did an art lesson slash math lesson where I had her pick what she wanted to draw. So let's say she said, I want to draw a pizza. And I said, okay, let's draw three pizzas. And then we would add eight pizzas to that. And then we'd count how many pizzas. So it, it's incorporating art and addition. Yeah, but it's 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 pretty hard with math. So I've had to rely on creativity and just thinking outside the box and having them, you know, because you really want the younger ones to be touching stuff. Um, but thankfully, houses have a lot of things that they can touch and you could do, you could use money and and kind of work on it that way if you wanted, like pennies could be the unit, you know, you know, things like that. But yeah, the older ones that I have, they're doing more abstract math. However, I still have found that that gets old really fast. And so I actually had some uh, fraction pieces that I had them cut out, which was very helpful. And then again, with geometry, that's been really 
a great outlet for math because it's really hands-on. It's really fascinating the children and they can get a lot of that math through those geometric formulas. So that's been great too. But yeah, math is that math has been tough, I'm not going to lie. And then in terms of language, that's been really fun. I actually I did I did a lesson today on just literary devices such as personification and alliteration and Oh, it was so fun. We've been doing a lot of poetry. Um, I've been doing all the parts of speech, which has been really fun. And then making booklets about them with the younger ones. I've been doing all the oral intros for the grammar parts of speech. And it is still hilarious over a screen. I did the adjective oral introduction. And I thought this little girl was going to explode. She was laughing so hard, Um, which just like brings joy to my heart and I know her family's heart and it's just so fun. So grammar is really easy to translate. Um, And then the older ones have just been really working on their expressive writing, writing in their journals about COVID and things like that, but also writing poetry. Two of them wrote a poetry anthology, which is just lovely. And they've done a few reports of things they've been interested in, which Report writing is such a great skill and they've really, really enjoyed that. So language has been fun. And let's see what what else is there. So art has been great. I've really been trying to incorporate art into a lot of stuff because it's fun follow-up work and I think art is beautiful and the kids really like it. So we've been doing a lot of art. Um, And I know I've talked a lot to a lot of you about music and how it's my favorite. That has been really hard as well. Music is really difficult to translate over the internet because of the delay time. So singing has been really absent and it's making me really sad because um, I I miss it a lot. And so what I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to start recording myself singing and sending it just so they can have that aspect, even if it's without me. I did do a rhythm lesson, but the sound was too much, so it canceled out over the internet, which was a total bust. But one that I did that was really fun, um, it combines music and art. So you get a piece of paper and you fold it um, into about 16 squares. Um, and then if you're doing Zoom, you have to share your audio. And so you put together a playlist. Um, I usually do a mix of classical, like oldies, jazz, um, choral, things like that. And then you push play and the children pick a colored pencil for each square and they draw what comes to their mind. Uh, they express themselves through art and music at the same time. And I, I, this is a fun one for like an afternoon or something like that. Um, and the kids really liked it. It was super great for community building. It was fantastic. So I highly recommend that. And I'm, I have um, already planned, I'm doing a a section on music history. That's easy to do over the internet and you can play beautiful music and they can they can at least get that music appreciation. Now I know there are lots of apps and websites coming out with really cool stuff. Um, I've seen one that goes over all the instruments in a symphony. And so I'm I'm looking more into that because I, I really, I feel a deep hole that I'm not doing a lot of music. It's terrible. But yeah, other than that, I've really been focusing on how do I make this fun? Uh, also, how do I make this fun that they want to do it more and that they're not 
bored because, you know, I mean, we've all been in those Zoom meetings where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. This is going on forever. You got, you have to be animated. You have to just be like on. Um, and also you have to be a partner with the parents and the parents have to be a partner with you. Like my parents have been so supportive and, but you know, it's, it's an act of constant forgiveness and patience, right? Like we were all just sort of like, okay, we're going to do our best. Here we go. Zoom's frozen. Okay. Audio's not working. No problem. We'll figure it out. You know, it's a constant balance of both of those things. And it has to be on both sides because we really are doing this for the children and they're, they're very resilient, but you know, some of them have been late to their lessons or things like that. So we've talked about setting alarms and there's a new sorts of there's a new sense of responsibility with these children um, to be in charge of their own learning. And in in ways, I think that's awesome because they're taking charge. It's it's really, really cool. So one thing I haven't been doing a lot of and I want to do more of is tell stories. I've want I think I'm going to read the Phantom Toll Booth, a classic to the class. And I'm just thinking of um, how to schedule that. If I do it at the end of a lesson, if I actually schedule it on the calendar or things like that, um, because I I think that's another crucial piece of the puzzle. And the kids can just, you know, listen to a book and all read a book together because they're all ferocious readers. I know they would absolutely love it. So that's one thing that I definitely want to work on. And another thing that I want to work on is just more music, you know, incorporating that because music really, it makes the classroom alive, right? So the last thing I want to talk about is parent communication. So I have been trying to figure this out about what works best and I've settled on this and everybody's different. I send an email at the end of the week with just like a cute little recap and then I just am available during the day to parents and I've let them know that just consistently. If I haven't heard from a parent in a few days, I usually reach out just to see how they think it's going, you know, because parents have never been more involved, right? Like they're right there. Um, Sometimes they're in the same room, right? Like they're right there with you. So it's good to maintain that contact. And parents have been emailing me with their suggestions or their comments. And frankly, I've just had to take it with like such grace because I'm while they're happy and satisfied, like I can't like take anything personally right now because it's, you know, it's all new, right? And we all want what's best. And um, while I've had a pretty easy go of it, the parents seem really satisfied and so do I. Um, it's been a good learning lesson because I'm an experienced teacher and I know how to work with children, but I've never virtually taught before. So I think it's good to just be open to all suggestions um, as hard as it may be. Yeah. And with all that constant communication, you definitely need to remember to turn it off. I I laid out um, on the line when I when I was uh, starting this thing, I said, listen, like I I'm not going to respond to emails after six o'clock at night. That's not how I operate. That's not what I do. I probably won't respond to you on the weekend. If it's an emergency, call me like you have my number. Right. It's really important to set these boundaries right now because you may be working at 8 p.m. Like I was working last night at 8 p.m. like on the couch, like making lessons, but that's different, right? You cannot be completely disposable and completely available all the time, just like in the classroom. And I think right now, since we're home, it's so easy to just work all the time. It's so easy because it's right there, right? And sometimes if I I felt actually that I've been working so much, I feel like I'm not getting as much done because I'm always working. So it's okay to step away. It's okay to step away, have yourself a little night, 
have some wine or some seltzer water or whatever you want to drink, cook some dinner, watch a movie. You know, it's okay to have that self-care night. It's actually essential. It's essential right now. You've got to get away from that screen. You're going to be a better teacher for it. So that's something to really remember right now is that we have to just take a step back, reflect. Hmm, that wasn't the best day. It's okay. I'll go in there tomorrow and it'll be better. I have had so-so teaching days. I've Well, I've had so many, but even in this month so far, I've had some days where I'm like, mm, well, that was fine. But, but then I've had some spectacular days, right? But the way we get back up is that we take care of ourselves. So please, 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 please remember your self-care, whatever your ritual may be. If it's candles, face mask, my favorite is a face mask and a glass of wine personally, but everybody has their own version. And it's just important to remember that for yourself. Um, because it's all too easy to get completely strung out right now. So to any of you who may be virtually teaching or homeschooling or anything, oh my gosh, I am with you. This is so hard. (laughs) It's so hard, but we are doing it. And let me tell you, like, it has been such a bright spot in my days, man. Like just seeing the joy from these children. I mean, it almost makes me want to cry. Like they are so lovely. And yeah, they know what's going on, but they're here to learn and have fun. And gosh, what a breath of fresh air. So it has just been a really great thing. And I, as hard as it, as hard as it has been, I've really been trying to focus on the positive about all the work they've been doing and and the positivity and the happiness because it's adding to my life and I know it's adding to theirs. So yeah, if you guys have any tips, please email me. I would love them. And I am working on a blog post. I've been so in the trenches with, um, with all of this teaching stuff, but it's on my list and it's half written, um, to put on our website, all about the things I've been doing. Cause I've been talking, talking, talking like crazy, but I do have some lessons that I want to put on there that have just like really gone well. But if I had one piece of advice, if you need a lesson, do a geometry lesson. Like I can't even talk about how great it has gone. Uh, geometry has been just fantastic. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to take some time to talk through my experience so far with virtual teaching. I'm thinking maybe I do one of these a month, um, just for some updates and inspiration. And please, if you have, like I said before, please email me. I would love to hear anything you have to say. Um, and thanks as always, we are such a beautiful community and it's only made possible by all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.